Stand by. Hello and welcome to the Lackadaisical Libricubicularist. And now your host, Jordan Maywood. Hello! Welcome to the Librocube. My name is Jordan Maywood, and I am the Lackadaisical Librocubicularist. Today within the Librocube is TV Tuesday, sometimes referred to as Television Tuesday, and as Mr. Doug Heffernan would say, Television Tuesday. I think he just says Tuesday normal. I've never heard him say it in any different way, if I do recall. Today's sponsor is a television show. Huh. It's uh, nice how that worked out. Hmm. Television show by the name of The Vinegar Sunners. Once again, today's sponsor is the television show The Vinegar Sunners, which, uh, if you are unaware, is the sort of gritty modern-day remake of The Honeymooners. Okay, two things at the top of every show that I uh, I think I'm getting better at remembering to do is to say one, uh, there will be spoilers, most likely. So, you have been warned, this is probably your one and only warning. Two, if you like what you hear, the only payment I ask is a million dollars, no, that is ridiculous. I like doing that all in one sentence, like that. Uh, the only payment I ask is... Perhaps you pass on the podcast to a friend, because that is how they go. I mean, grow. That is how they grow. They go to a friend, and they grow through that giving to friends. Huh? Meh. Uh, I've got kind of a different uh, setup a little bit this TV Tuesday, in that I only have three shows. However, I got some marathons, people. I love, love love a good TV marathon, and since uh, last weekend was a long weekend, that's usually sort of the perfect prime real estate for a, uh, a TV marathon. The first item is Dexter. Yeah. Bring it back uh, every once in a while to the Luber Cube since the missus and I are watching it. Uh, did not do marathon, however, we got two episodes in. Man, these shows are getting good. Not that they there was any bad ones per se, but uh, they're they're getting pretty uh, pretty exciting, pretty action packed, suspenseful niche. We're on the second season, I think, uh, getting near the end, if I had to guess, because things are moving forward at a good clip now. If you are unfamiliar with the show Dexter, it stars Dexter Morgan, who is. Uh, basically a serial killer of serial killers, is the way I like to look at it. In the first season, uh, this is a pretty big spoiler, I suppose, but if you haven't seen it yet, then uh, you may never see it, I guess. I don't know. He uh, ended up killing his own brother, who was a serial killer. What? And I said to the missus, I said, I says to her, how are they going to top that? This season, so far, the the, the sort of uh, bad guy, I guess you could say, is not actually a human being so much as the, um, I guess, potential, the, the mounting potential that Dexter is going to be caught 
uh, in his serial killing goodness. Um, for example, I think the season, the last season ended, or this one started, with all of the bodies that he buried at sea being found. So, as you can imagine, as a serial killer, when the multitude of bodies you have killed are found, you're probably uh, a little nervous. Uh, let's get into these two episodes in particular. One is that he has slash had, I guess you could kind of say, a new girlfriend. Ooh, baby. She was pretty smoking hot. Uh, the missus believes she put on a fake British accent, and um, I think that might be a possibility. <laughs> if you listened to the last time we talked about Dexter, you will know that uh, her, meaning the missus, and I, meaning me, have sort of impression of this girl. It goes a little something like this. Dexter! Dexter! That seems to be how she says Dexter for some inexplicable reason. She turned out to be a crazy, crazy bitch. Uh, I don't just throw around the B word like that very often. But if I'm ever going to, it's with this girl. She, uh, let's see, she burnt down her own apartment, not down, but burnt up her own apartment uh, just because she felt that Dexter was slipping away from her as far as their relationship. I did air quotes there. Uh, seems to be sort of your quintessential overly attached girlfriend, like the meme, overly attached girlfriend. If you are unfamiliar with that meme, Google her and you'll get a look at what I'm talking about. So that's, a, that's all kind of going on, um, not behind the scenes, because, well, they filmed it. But it's kind of a bit of a secondary story, that. The main story is that uh, this cop, FBI, I think, guy, Homeland Security, uh, I forget what, what branch he's with, uh, is there because of Dexter, because of what uh, he's been dubbed, uh, which is the Bay Harbor Butcher, because all his bodies were found in the Bay Harbor. Yeah, makes sense. And he um, butchered them. <laughs> there you go. So he's there, and I guess you could kind of look him at, look at him as a bad guy, just for the fact that he is on the prowl for Dexter, who is, despite being a serial killer, the good guy. Dexter has a sister who, <laughs> and this really grosses the missus out, ends up dating this uh, this cop guy who's quite a bit older, like 20 plus years older than her, and she is kind of grossed out by that, so she's not after the, the sort of silver foxes, I guess. And then the, uh, the, the last little bit of these episodes is there was one uh, cop, his name was Sergeant Dokes. Sergeant Dokes was, and is, and was, what? Um, the only cop that uh, Dexter knew, uh, I should maybe mention if you haven't watched it or listened to any of my podcasts about it. Dexter is a blood spatter expert guy who works for the police. And uh, all the cops were sort of his friends. He's really, uh, really hidden among them. However, there was one cop by the name of Sergeant Jokes who always had this feeling that he wasn't quite right. Uh, I'm not going to say too much about how this came about, but it was really cool in that uh, Sergeant Dokes, through a crazy sort of series of events, became the prime suspect uh, in the Bay Harbor Butcher killings. What? So Dexter's number one sort of guy, cop, a 
acquaintance who didn't trust him, didn't like him, trailed him. Uh, they got in a little, a couple little tussles. He, he ends up being the prime suspect. So uh, I really like that. Uh, the last episode we watched was one in which Dexter was goddamn shot in the leg by Sergeant Dokes. What? Crazy. And had captured him. So, uh, again, if you're unfamiliar with Dexter, you should know he has a sort of code um, that his stepfather instilled in him that he will only kill those who deserve it. And this, uh, this guy obviously does not, so he has him trapped in a cage. And I'm like, my mind is reeling about what he's going to do with him, because uh, he knows Dexter's a serial killer. Dexter doesn't want to get caught. He can't kill him. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen. Probably going to watch another episode tonight. So, there you go. Now, let's move on to... Two, <laughs> two, two, TV marathons. Ooh, baby. Living in a land of plenty, I will tell you. The first one is Futurama. Yes. Season seven, I do. Is it season seven? The most recent um, season available on DVD, whatever that one is. I saved this one up just for the special occasion of my birthday weekend. So uh, I watched one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, count them, nine episodes. That is aggressive. Let's see how many I can get in before I get to work. And then maybe, I guess sort of the way this is going, we'll save the last show in which I watched even more goddamn episodes for the drive home plan. I don't know why I say plan, when uh, in a sort of a question, in a questiony manner, plan, because uh, you are not going to answer me, and I am going to do as I see fit, as I see fit. Futurama episode one. Uh, there was a vending machine, a robotic vending machine, as um, a lot of the, um, I guess, appliances and what have yous in. You know what? Now that I think about it, it's how, like, in the Flintstones, all your, like, appliances and tools and what have you were dinosaurs, while in Futurama replaced dinosaurs with robots. Hmm. Interesting. Now, how would you make a dinosaur vending machine? That's a good question. Uh, it would be some sort of woolly mammoth, I guess, to, to keep the cold in? Yeah. And you pull on his tusk, and he... Uh, you, you put a quarter in, in his snout, and then um, he'll reach inside his butt and pull out whatever you want to eat or drink. Yeah, yeah, that, that makes sense. That's the gritty remake of the Flintstones. Maybe they'll do that. <coughs> uh, the vending machine was voiced by Miss Wanda Sykes, so uh, that was cool. A lot of, uh, on a show such as this, in this, um, a lot of celebrity voices will will pop in and out, so I always like that. I have, um, I don't want to brag, but I do, I think, have an ear for, uh, like, celebrity voices, uh, and by that I just mean knowing when I hear a voice, whose voice it is. I seem to be pretty good at that. I always, uh, the missus and I always have a, uh, I don't know if competition is the right word, but whenever I hear one, or if she does, and I don't, which is rarer, I'll always point it out in a sort of snide way. 
Yeah. Uh, as you can imagine, with Wanda Sykes as a vending machine and Bender, the robot from the show, there's going to be a little sexual tension, is there not? There is. He had sex with, for example, the ship when it had a female voice. So, so when a uh, sassy, <laughs> a sassy vending machine is there, it was sort of inevitable that they uh, hooked up, <laughs> hooked up their robots. Oh boy! Uh, and then she had a baby, a little uh, bender vending machine looking baby thing. Okay, so uh, let's chug through these actually since I'm getting near to work uh, and I'd like to get them all in if possible. The next one. Oh, uh, just if I'm rating things, which sometimes I usually always remember to do it with movies, but sometimes less with uh, TV shows. Futurama, 5 out of 5. Easy. Easy decision. Some 6 out of 5 moments throughout the show. Have it all on DVD. Love it. I've always loved it. I um, was talking about it this weekend, and for some reason, most of my friends seem to like Family Guy or The Simpsons uh, better. However, for me, Futurama is number one. It's, it hits a lot of my my funny bones and nerdy ishnesses. Okay, so episode duh uh, featured a Martian calendar. So it was sort of a play on the Mayan calendar that uh, predicted the end of the world in, uh, what was that, a month or two ago? So, it still hasn't happened. That's that's nice. That's, that's good, to, good to hear. Something that I always thought funny about the Mayan calendar was, or, or had a question about, um, was it that it predicted that the world would end uh, at that date, or did the calendar just go up to that date and then stop? Because you can't have a calendar that goes on forever and ever and ever, because that would be a goddamn big calendar. Would it not? I think the fact that even they did it through the year 2012 was pretty impressive, that they planned that far ahead. Hmm. So this calendar also predicted the destruction of the Earth. There was um, an arc-like spaceship, and uh, Fry had a pair of pants that were lucky. Next, the 3012 presidential election. Apparently in the year 3012, uh, the president is the president of the world, not just uh, president of the states. So that seems unlikely that that would happen. But hey, you never know. Uh, once again, Nixon, who uh, sort of a uh, floating head in a jar, is running for re-election. And his opponent is a guy by the name of Travers, who was sent from the future to stop Nixon because he was going to create a horrible, horrible world, basically. Just boiled it down. So you got some sci-fi, you got some time travel, you got a, a heaping helping of comedy, and uh, it all comes out to a nice little package of awesomeness. Love that one. Uh, okay, episode the next. Um, Bender becomes a member of the paparazzi. There is, uh, uh, the missus would have liked this one, although she hates the show, so 
didn't watch it. They did like a little spoof on uh, the show TMZ, which she watches for some inexplicable reason, and I hate that show. And um, apparently the guy in the actual TMZ is always drinking out of this bottle straw thing, and the head TMZ guy on Futurama was an alien who was like sucking, I don't know, some sort of liquid through the nostrils of this alien looking thing. Uh, and I laughed. Okay, next episode, we had Leela's parents. Leela's parents split up. Uh, Leela's parents, I should mention, are sewer mutants, not um, not aliens. Her mom uh, ended up dating Zap Brannigan, and her dad ended up um, surfing. Okay, well, I'm at work, <laughs> and I didn't finish. If you um, counted how many I said I had and how many I did, the numbers just don't add up. Call, call me and don't call me an accountant or, or something about accountant to see. Hmm. Uh, so I guess when I come back, I'll polish off Futurama. And here's your little tease: The Batman is the other show. The Batman. Love you, dearies. I'm a fool to do your dirty working, working, working. And we're back. We are back. We are back. We are back. We are back. Back. We are back. Back in action. Hello again. Today I have sneezed more um, over the course of the day, more than I have probably in the last, I'm going to just go four years. All right. What, what's the deal with that? Or as uh, Seinfeld would say, was, what's the deal with sneezing so much in a single day? Horrible, horrible impression. Okay, let's jump back in to Futurama. Why don't we? I don't know. Uh, next one is kind of interesting because I did a, a Movie Monday podcast was the last one even? Not, not the one from yesterday, but the previous week, with a movie called Whip It, uh, that focused, uh, sort of the focus of the movie was on roller derby, and I pointed out how roller derby is, I believe, always with women, I've never seen it with men, and in this episode they had um, what can only, I guess, really be described sort of, kind of, sort of, as butterfly derby in which women, scantily clad women, of the cartoon variety, don't get too excited there, uh, unless that kind of thing turns you on, which I guess is possible, whatever floats your boat, um, yes, okay, uh, yeah, butterfly derby, <laughs> what was I saying, got a little sidetracked on uh, cartoon porn, so uh, Leela and uh, Amy sort of joined a butterfly derby, butterfly derby league, and uh, the whole episode was kind of how, in order to compete at a professional butterfly derby <laughs> level, uh, something I never thought I'd say, uh, you need to uh, take drugs, and all about drugs and sports. Okay, they took drugs to the point where they were like giant uh, Amazonian women, kind of. So, it was funny, and I liked it. Next is Hermes, 
If you aren't familiar with Hermes, he is sort of the bureaucrat of the group, of the company. And after a employee valuation, he uh, sort of came to the conclusion that he had to fire himself because he was the least valuable member, apparently. Huh. Bureaucracy at work there. Bureaucracy. I just have trouble saying that. Bureaucracy. Sometimes I will pretend as if I'm having trouble saying things. However, that is an actual case. Bureaucracy. This one's sort of uh, classic man versus uh, versus machine. Uh, a machine comes in to do his job. He slowly sw uh, swaps out his own body parts for those of a machine in order to keep up until he is nothing but um, a brain inside a machine. Which raises a good question. When does one become um, not human, let's say. Because it doesn't have to be, I, I guess, just robotic that you are being replaced with. It could be biological things that are being replaced as well. When do you not become yourself? If I, you know, have a heart attack and have a heart put in, if I have a other things replaced, when do you become not yourself? Is it simply the matter of the brain? Once the... Could I, could I take my brain, as in Futurama, and put it in a robot, and would that robot still be me? Hmm. Good question. Got a little uh, deep there for Futurama. Next was Oktoberfest. Ah, Oktoberfest. I... No, yeah, I don't think I've ever been to an Oktoberfest party. However, here in Ontario, uh, in a city, town, whatever you want to call it, called Kitchener-Waterloo. Well, that's kind of weird right there, because it's always called Kitchener-Waterloo. It's like, is it two cities? Is it one city? Make up your mind, people. Anyways, within Kitchener-Waterloo, um, they have the world's second largest Oktoberfest party every year. The largest being, of course, in Germany. Second largest being in this, it's, it's bigger than the town I live, but it's by no means a, a huge, bustling metropolis, so that's kind of interesting. I should go to that one day. I like I like my beer. So they, the gang attends this Oktoberfest. Fry is through a series of crazy events, as the show is basically the entire seven seasons now of crazy events, um, is transported underground to a frozen uh, country, frozen realm, in which cavemen still exist. He gets a pop on the head that makes him look a little Neanderthal-y. Oh, shit. Oh, you know what? That brings up another interesting point. point. Just recently, it's been in the news a little bit, I don't know all the details, but a woman has volunteered to sort of take to term a Neanderthal baby. So, sort of <laughs> a little uh, Jurassic Park reminiscent, reminiscences there. Um, I don't know how they got the DNA. That, that was sort of my first question. How did they get Neanderthal DNA? Or is it just a matter of uh, regressing some of our DNA? No, that doesn't make sense, because we're, we're not from Neanderthals. We're from Homo sapiens, homo erectus. Huh. So how's that going to work? Anyways, 
um, maybe I'll bring it back here. That's sort of a internet day thing, because I'm sure a probably a TED Talk or a Big Think, we might uh, delve into that a little more deeply, with a little more details, perhaps. Huh. Okay, that is uh, Futurama. We'll leave it behind there. Did I tease what we're going to get into? Yes, I did. The Batman. Not Batman the Animated Series. Not Batman Beyond. Not um, Justice League that has Batman in it. No, no, no. Rather, The Batman. Which is, if you are unaware, an animated series featuring Batman. Not called Batman the Animated Series, which was my favorite one. For me, so far... I'll go Batman, as far as animated Batmans, which I tend to enjoy even more than the movies. Uh, Batman, the animated series, is number one. You got uh, Mark Hamill as the Joker in that one. You got... Uh, <laughs> I did make a note uh, to try to remember the guy who voices Batman, but the, the curse of my not being able to remember names is weird ugly head once again um bob crane what is that what is that popping on my mind crane i don't know uh i think i've mentioned before that i no longer sit here and try to remember these names because that uh either a it happens but it takes a while or b doesn't happen and then i've just wasted time so apologies to that because he's the best batman i believe in batman so, so, Batman the Animated Series was sort of the the Batman you know and love. Yeah? Then, in Batman Beyond, it was Batman when he's like an old man, and he has this, uh, this kid who's sort of taken over. Uh, possibly there has been a series of kids who has taken over for him in the... In the intervening years, like he's in his probably 70s or 80s. Uh, and this one, The Batman, I think I'd probably place it before Batman the Animated Series, because Batman is sort of like a young kid. He's he's not brand new on the scene or anything, but he but he's still, uh, if I had to put an age, he's, he's not even 30 yet, so he's still in his 20s. Alright? So that's the Batman universe you are dealing with. Um, they have four, we'll go 80% stuck with existing Batman villains and 20% uh, created their own, so I like that. That's a good ratio. Their Joker, well, why don't, why don't I just go, go, uh, go into the episodes? Because with this one, I have one, two, three, four, five, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. 13 episodes I watched. Yep. And ladies, I'm sorry. I am married. Extra long pause for comedy on that one. Okay, episode first. Oh, I should mention that I have already finished season, season 1. I did a marathon of that. Uh, I guess the last, the, the weekend before. These uh, 13 episodes comprise an entire season. Just another aside there. Kind of a short season. But what ifs? Episode the first. Catwoman and Penguin team up. Ooh, baby. 
How could a cat and a bird team up, you might ask? Well, as you can imagine, um, fur and feathers fly at one point. Their penguin I like. He's voiced by Mr. Tom Kenny. Tom Kenny, voice of SpongeBob. Ah, I can't do a SpongeBob impression of. He also um, does the Ice King on Adventure Time. And when you hear and see the Ice King from Adventure Time and the Penguin from this series, there's quite a few similarities. So. I like it. The Catwoman, uh, nothing too special about uh, her in this series other than her ears are a lot bigger than they normally are. She also very young. It's, uh, most of the villains and good guys and what have yous are all very young in this, so it kind of sticks with that Batman as he's sort of getting started a little bit. Which uh, I think is probably why I enjoy Batman Beyond better, because it's um, Batman, I guess you would say, in the future. Um, which I think gives them a lot more opportunity to branch into crazier different things. Whereas this sort of is following canon a, a little bit more closely. Episode 2, Riddler. Ooh. Riddler they went a weird direction with. He's very emo. Yeah. Which I guess, uh, when this was on the air not too, too long ago, emo was the new big thing. So, um, yeah, <laughs> that's a route to go. He's not really my uh, idea of a, of a good Riddler. Uh, I'd like a sort of a more... Jim Carrey was good. More of a sort of nervous, uh, just sort of a, a guy who's uh, antisocial. Uh, very nervous around people and likes riddles. <laughs> Whereas this is sort of like they tried to make him a little little emo, a little rock star e, uh, and it just kind of doesn't fit with the Riddler. So, yeah. ah, episode three, the Joker. This Joker is very cool looking. He is not voiced by Mark Hamill, which uh, is a shame. However, the guy who does do his voice. Uh, is almost as if he's doing a Mark Hamill Joker impression, so uh, points for that. He, uh, cool looking, he's always, um, he's kind of not, uh, it's hard to explain, he's, he's almost not human looking in that he's very gangly, and another sort of, uh, a lot of the bad guys in this are a lot more gangly as opposed to like uh, just bulky, uh, muscular uh, bad guys. He's got, like, big feet and big hands and goes barefoot all the time and looks, I don't know, just kind of more, it's less human than normal. But I like him, though. He's, he's, a, he's a lot darker. Oh, being followed by the cops now. Hmm, will they see me talking? Ugh, awkward. Uh, in this episode, Joker kidnaps the mayor. Oh, baby. He's got a, he's got a thing out for the mayor. Does not does not enjoy him very much. The mayor, I should mention, voiced by... Now this is gonna, this is gonna drop your socks off, or fling them, fling them in directions. Uh, the mayor is voiced by Adam West. What? So that's awesome, all right? Uh, Adam West, who you may know, 
is the mayor from Family Guy. Now, what I hope you didn't know, which you may not if you're um, not old enough, he was Batman in the original live-action television show in the 60s and 70s. How about that? Craziness. Loved it. Uh, next episode, Killer Croc. Killer Croc got a bit of a southern accent in this. He was voiced by Rod Perlman. What? Again? Cool, uh, cool beans. I like it when uh, these famous actors come in to voice uh, on a cartoon show. Love it. Uh, Killer Croc, again, he wasn't uh, bulky and giant enough for my liking. I like, my favorite Killer Croc was the one from uh, the video games. He was friggin' ginormous and much more menacing. This was, was kind of like, I don't know, make him bigger. He's half crocodile, for Christ's sake. Okay, next was one with Man Bat. Huh, not Batman, but Man Bat. Man Bat, if you are unfamiliar, is sort of a mutated half-man, half-bat creature. More accurately, a guy who turns into this creature. Sort of a uh, Hulk thing going in that. I think when he gets upset, that's when he changes. I'm pretty sure that's the, the story behind that. Next was... Cops pulling up beside me. Next was... Clayface. I'm a big Clayface fan. Um... I don't know if this has been any of the other Batman universes, but Clayface, um, in fact, I don't think it was. Clayface was a, in this universe, a former cop, a cop who um, was sort of, uh, he was friends with Bruce Wayne and sort of buddy-buddy a little bit with Batman as well, and then got changed into Clayface by the Joker. Huh. So, interesting way to go, a little different. Next was the Hypnotist which I think is one that they created, who um, hypnotized people. Specifically, Alfred, um, Batman's butler, and other butlers to um, create, to steal things. Uh, next one was a team-up, uh, an interesting one, Firefly, who I think is from other Batman things, uh, I'm pretty sure, and Mr. Freeze, who we all know Mr. Freeze, so that one I liked because it was Firefly, whose weapon is fire, and Mr. Freeze, whose weapon is obviously popsicles. No, is freezing things. Next was, I believe, a creation, get close to home, got to speed through these, um, called Ragdoll, who was just kind of a super bendy dude. Uh, yeah, well, then, okay, this was a good one, Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange, who is the uh, head psychiatrist at Arkham Asylum. Um, really big fan that they got quite a bit uh, involved in the Arkham Asylum in this series. Uh, I like that, with Doctor Strange in particular. Next was Batgirl and Poison Ivy. Batgirl, they stuck with her being Commissioner Gordon's daughter, so I appreciate that. And uh, very, very young, like not even 16 yet, same with uh, Poison Ivy. Something they did cool in this case, they did a two-parter introducing both of them because they were uh, sort of in real life, in real life, <laughs> talking in real life about a Batman cartoon. Anyways, in real life, um, Batgirl and Poison Ivy were friends, 
and then uh, something happened, and Poison Ivy got turned into Poison Ivy, and Batgirl decided uh, she had to be stopped, and blah, 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 blah. Uh, cool beans. Okay. One more. Uh, Ventriloquist. Oh, that's another good one in this series. Uh, I'm not sure if it's in a lot. A uh, guy who is sort of controlled by the puppet that he is the ventriloquist for. Yeah, very psychological, that one. And last, but last, but not least, is uh, one that they created named Crank, who's sort of like um, the Toy Master. I think the Toy Master is a bad guy, from somewhere else I seem to recall, who used, like, toys. He was voiced by Patton Oswalt. What? Awesome. Uh, also in that episode was a sort of recurring character they brought into a couple of these episodes. His name was uh, Cash Tankinson. Cash Tankinson, who's sort of a, a cop who thinks very highly of himself, sort of a rogue cop. Cash Tankinson, who thinks he's shit hot but has really cold diarrhea, was voiced by Mr. Oh, shit. Don't know his actual name. David Putty. From Seinfeld. Hmm. Putty. Alright, folks. I'm at home. Parked in my garage, no less. It is nice. To be nice. To the nice. Thank you for listening. This has been another edition of the Lackadaisical Libra Cubicle Wrist. We here in the Libro Cube would love to hear from you. If for any reason you would like to contact us, you can do so via the email address, mailwood.jordan at gmail.com. And now I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day You ain't seen nothing yet The best is yet to come and be Won't it be fine? The best is yet to come, come the day you're mine Live long and prosper